It's time for the most dangerous men in America. It's time for Boondock Underground. I'm the fucking Boondock. The election is one day away. It's tomorrow. That's right. Finally, you're going to have an opportunity to go ahead and go to the polls and put your money where your mouth is. Lots of people have been uh, texting me and emailing me and asking me what I think is going to happen. Well, here's what I think is going to happen. I think that if you look at what's going on with the country right now, I think that the media continues to tell you that Biden is beating the crap out of Trump. I think that the media continues to tell you that the Trump campaign is in trouble. I think that the media continues to try and hide the Biden troubles that he has, whether it's, you know, the fact that he can't string together a couple of sentences or he seems to have a serious cognitive decline or the Hunter Biden story is being Uh, completely buried, or social media wants nothing to do with it, or, you know, whatever the case may be. There's that, and I I think that the, the media is trying to suppress the vote, right? Now, I don't think the media would try to suppress the vote if they honestly thought that Joe Biden had a chance to win. I think that uh, if you open up your eyes and you look and see what's happening throughout the entire country, you'll see that there is incredible enthusiasm for Donald Trump, whether it's the Trump train brigade uh, following the Biden bus through Texas and harassing them in such a way that the Biden campaign decided that they're going to go ahead and cancel that event, or it's the fact that Biden continues to show up to these Uh, rallies where there's a dozen people there or there's no people at all like what happened in Arizona just recently. So I think if you look at those things and you you take a look uh, about what's happening, it's really easy to see. Uh, I always deal with the, uh, the eye test, right? Like I take a look and see what's going on with my eyes and I see that Trump keeps having thousands and thousands and thousands of people at his rallies. Uh, the, the, Social media is is uh, on fire for him. I think that the um, the desire and the the excitement and the passion for Trump is huge, and I don't really see anybody saying anything about Biden. Anybody who is suggesting that they're voting for Biden ha- it really talks nothing about Biden or what Biden's done or what he stands for or what he's going to do. It's always just anti-Trump, right? So that does not breed tons of passion. You know, when you're, when you're just anti somebody, it doesn't really give you a lot of passion. But the people who are for Trump are passionate for Trump. And that is something that's been happening throughout the entire country for the last four years, really. But it's really amped up over the last six months or so. So I think if you open up your eyes, you'll see there's absolutely no way that Biden leads in these states and I don't think he leads nationally. And I think that if he really were beating the crap out of Trump, I think that the media would keep their mouths shut and say that it's close because they want to make sure that the Biden people go out and vote. Because if you say stuff like that, oh, Biden's going to crush Trump, then the Biden supporters are going to probably stay home, right? But I think that the media knows that the Biden people are not there anyway, so they got nothing to lose, so they're throwing it against the wall to see if it sticks. And the reality is... There's, there's really no way when you open up your eyes and you see what's going on that 
that Biden is 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 winning this thing. I mean, there's just no way. Uh, but those of you who are, are tuning in right now just to hear a little bit of something, something before you go out and cast your vote. A lot of you have already casted your vote. Uh, but if you haven't casted your vote and you're still trying to figure out because you haven't quite figured out who to vote for yet, which is a bizarre thing. Um, you know, it's like people that watch the debates. Really? Really? You needed to know uh, a debate. You needed to watch a debate. The debate was going to be the deciding factor for you, whether or not you should vote for Trump or whether or not you should vote for Biden. Really? Biden's been around for 50 years. Can you tell me two things he's done to better the community, to better the, the, the country, to, to push the country forward? All he's ever been accused of doing is being racially divisive. Uh, he has taken bribes and kickbacks from the 1970s when he first was elected back in like 1973. He's had nothing but troubles with his brother, uh, with conflict of interests, um, with with uh, legal problems now with the Hunter Biden situation, looking like he's taking money from the communist Chinese, which, listen, I mean, you can you, you can debate those things if you want, but these are not conspiracy theories, man. There's <laughs> it's on record. You know, and now we've got a, a, a presidential candidate who's in the pocket of the communist Chinese, and they've got real good blackmail material on him. I mean, whether you believe that stuff or not is, is, is really of no consequence. The facts are there. You can either choose to believe them or you can walk away. It's unlike the stuff that happened with Trump with the Russian collusion and the Steele dossier. That was all a hoax. We knew that it was a hoax. They used the same dossier uh, against John McCain years ago, and it's, it had the same information in it. Like, it, 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 it was so obvious that it was wrong and that it was false, but the media kept uh, going with it, and I think that was another way to show that it was false, that, is that the media continued to push it because they needed to, because they have to. Is it really logical to believe that the Democrats really could win this thing and 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 that their best hope to beat Donald Trump was Joe Biden? Really? Really? A dude who's pushing 80, who doesn't know where he's at, doesn't know his name, and continues to make up new words in the American lexicon every single day? Really? Come on, man. Use your head. I think Trump wins this thing on election night, and I think that, uh, I think that the... Democrats and the liberals throughout the country are going to do everything in their power. The left wing, the media, uh, big tech, they're all going to do everything in their power to, to uh, suppress vote, uh, but also lie on the exit polling. And also, I think what they're going to do is they're going to do, in certain, certain states like Pennsylvania that has a history of, of voter fraud, and California, which is, I mean, if they don't have voter fraud, they've got nothing. Um, and other places like that where voter fraud is really rampant, I think that they'll uh, about three, four, five days will go by, a week, maybe two, and I think they'll, uh, you know, uh, find, you know, well, look at us, we found all these votes for Biden. That's just crazy, man. It's all these, all these votes are coming in, and if you don't accept those votes, when you're trying to suppress the vote, and they'll say it's from, you know, the minority community, or they'll say it's from old folks or poor people that can't really get in and, and put their vote in on time. What, what, what nonsense, man. What an embarrassment of nonsense. So I think they'll try to take the election and steal it, because there's no way that the left wing and the media is going to allow Trump to take office again uh, without a fight. There's just no way. And I think there'll be all kinds of problems in the streets. I think you'll see all kinds of, of violence. Um, and I think if there's 
massive voter fraud and it becomes very obvious, I think you'll see protests, but there won't be violence uh, because it'll be from uh, from the conservative side, uh, from the you know the freedom side, the people that that love uh, personal freedom and, and individual rights and uh, things of that nature. I think that's I think that's what will happen. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to see how that goes. But for those of you who are uh, looking for some um, material that you can uh, put out there and 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 talk to your uh, liberal friends about, uh, I've got some some accomplishments that Donald Trump has uh, been able to put in his um, under his belt uh, for the last few years as president. As you know, a lot of presidents will get in there, they'll they'll golf, they'll go on the View, they'll they'll give great speeches, they'll use platitudes and generalities and political correctness to to make you think that they're these great virtuous people, but in reality they do nothing. Right? And that happens all the time. But Trump's got no time for that nonsense. He just wants to go out and do stuff and get things done. And then I, I believe very strongly that he wants to be president and he wants to continue what he's been doing. And then he wants to get the hell out. That's, that's what I believe. And so he really spends a lot of his time just getting stuff done. And if you look at the list of accomplishments over the first couple of years and then the last couple of years, it becomes pretty evident. So let's take a look real quick. And you can save this show um, in your archives. You can, you can uh, uh, save it to a playlist and use it as, uh, as some ammunition against your friends who don't really know what they're talking about but only regurgitate with CNN and MSNBC and CNBC and ABC and CBS and NBC tells them to think and tells them what to do. So let's look at the economy first. Uh, real quick, I'll go through a few of these. We're going to look at uh, just three sections of, of uh, areas where, where the Trump administration has, has put together lists of accomplishments that are um, not only not have proven to help the country, uh, but that are are things that are very important to point to when you're talking to people and they ask, why would you vote for Trump? You know, I never vote for people um, uh, for no reason. Like, there's always got to be a reason. I said this before, I didn't vote for Trump in 2016. I voted for Ted Cruz. Uh, I will vote for Trump enthusiastically. In fact, I already did vote for Trump enthusiastically. Um, in this election, and um, and here's some of the reasons why. Let's look at the economy really quick. So before the record economic success was artificially halted by the global pandemic that a lot of the left uh, participated in, Trump built the absolute hottest economy in the entire planet, all right? In May, 2.5 million jobs were added, far better than the predicted job loss of 8.5 million, right? They, they had a, a, a projected job loss of 8.5 million jobs. Instead, back in May, during the middle of this pandemic, uh, we gained 2.5 million jobs, right? Uh, the unemployment rate was much lower than anticipated and dropped from the previous month's figures as well. The NASDAQ recently hit a, a record high, topping 10,000 for the first time in history. In 2019, 2.1 million jobs uh, were created, new jobs. In 2019, 1.5 million uh, jobs were added for women. This accounts for over 50% of the total jobs for the first time ever. Excuse me, just under 50% of the total jobs for the first time ever. That's the first time that's ever happened. Under Trump, 5.6 million people have come off food stamps. Since Trump took office, 2.4 million Americans have been lifted out of poverty. 
1.4 million American children have been lifted out of poverty. The stock market has reached record highs under President Trump. Under Trump's leadership, Congress passed historic tax cuts in relief for hardworking Americans. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act in the first, uh, was the first major tax reform signed in 30 years, and it's the largest tax reform package in the history of the United States. Look it up. As a result of the historic tax cuts, nearly 9,000 opportunity zones were created in all 50 states, including D.C. and five territories, Opportunity zones will spur $100 billion in private capital investment and impact nearly 35 million Americans. And if you don't know what an opportunity zone is, I, I encourage you to go take a look and, and look it up, all right? Uh, tax cuts and the Jobs Act doubled the child tax credit. So in the year 2019, nearly 40 million families benefited from the child tax credit, receiving an average of 2200 bucks, totaling credits of 88 billion dollars okay in the tax year of 2019 nearly six million families benefited from the uh, child tax credit and care act receiving an average benefit of 551 dollars which total credits of three billion dollars nationwide trump has rolled back unnecessary job killing uh, regulations at a historic pace that was one of the things that he promised during the election that he was going to roll back all these job killing regulations not that your state put out, but that the federal government put out, right? Because the state can do their own thing, but the federal government had these asinine regulations that were just stifling and crippling businesses, which continuously caused people to lose their jobs, have to go on welfare, and have to you know, rely on, on things like Obamacare, which is sub, uh, you know, substandard, under par um, medical insurance. And, and anyone who's ever had any sort of government-assisted medical insurance will tell you that. And those regulations killed jobs, killed opportunities, and killed the entrepreneurial spirit of people that wanted to go and create jobs. And we have still that problem in California a lot of times, but at least now they can go to different states if they want to because the federal regulations have been cut. Uh, That far exceeds the promise of, uh, you know, some of the other things that Trump said during the, um, during the election of 2016. And, and here's an example of it. He promised to cut two regulations for every one regulation added on the federal level. Well, the administration cut eight regulations for every one new rule. So that's a big deal. Uh, regulatory costs have been slashed by nearly $50 billion and have saved taxpayers $220 billion once actions are fully implemented. The deregulation efforts will save American households an estimated $3,100 per year. Okay, Trump took action to increase transparency in the federal agencies and protect Americans from administrative abuse. Now, he took a lot of crap for that for the deep state insiders on both the Republican and the Democratic side of the aisle. But that's how Trump is. He doesn't care. He wants to make sure that the American people have the country delivered back to the American people. The administration also formed the Governor's Initiative on Regulatory Innovation, which aims to better align the state and federal efforts to cut additional unnecessary regulations and costs. Now, those are just some of the the highlights that he has created in the um, area of, of economics, in the economy, which is really what 
affects all of us and impacts all of us from the top down, right? That's obviously where we get uh, everything. Everything stems from the ability to be able to provide for our families, right? And that is uh, directly, um, that's directly impacted by the things that the federal government does and puts in place. At least if you're in a state where they stifle growth, you can leave the state. But on a federal level, uh, if they don't cut the regulations and allow people to have more jobs and to be able to create more jobs and create those opportunities, you really have no, no, no hope anywhere. And that's really the difference between a small government, low tax, low regulation, conservative, and a giant government, top-down approach that the liberals offer all the time. Two more sections we're going to look at as far as uh, what was provided by the Trump administration and a list of accomplishments in, in two different areas. We're going to go with coronavirus first, and we'll tell you what happened with that, and then also um, what happened uh, as far as the impact of the Trump administration policies on African-Americans in the African-American community here in the country. All right, so let's look at the coronavirus response. Okay, Trump and the White House and the Coronavirus Task Force were leading unprecedented, comprehensive, and aggressive whole-of-America approach to slow the spread of the virus. Even Biden came out and gave his pseudo-plan of what he thought he was going to do, and it was basically the same exact thing that the Trump administration did. Just the other day, uh, Biden was saying he's not going to shut down the economy, he's going to shut down the virus. Well, thank God. Ah, thank God I didn't realize that the Lord Jesus Biden was going to stop a virus. I mean, because viruses can easily be stopped because we did such an, an excellent job with the influenza virus, right, that has been plaguing us for over 100 years. Um, it's just an asinine thing to say. It's more platitudes and generalities and political correctness and empty suit promises that, that is just cartoonish and asinine and, and, and just tired and lazy, right? So, so an, I think it's important that we just, let's do this, all right? For those of you who don't like Trump and you're not going to vote for Trump, let's just, let's just agree that you're not going to vote for Trump because you're voting against Trump. And if Jack Skellington were running, you would vote for him because Biden is, 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 a, is, is, is a laughable crack up, all right? He's, 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 just a, he's just a tit, an ignorant tit, all right? So let, let, let's just, just, Let's just all agree on that. If you don't like tr uh, Trump, that's cool. Don't like Trump, vote for whoever you want. But to anyone who is trying to suggest legitimately that Biden is the better choice, you're an imbecile. Stop talking because you're a cartoon and you, you're, you're making yourself look stupid because Biden's a fraud and a phony and a fake and a racist and a prick. So let's just, let's just stop with the nonsense. Plus, God forbid you get him pissed off. That dude's liable to snap like that Jeff Dunham puppet. All right, so let's look at the uh, coronavirus response. The administration's response, uh, it began early. January 31st, President Trump declared the coronavirus a public health emergency and suspended entry into the U.S. so that he could help stop the spread. That's something I would have done. You know, you want to shut down and keep people from coming in and going out so that we can kind of contain what's happening. Trump and the CDC and the White House Coronavirus Task Force, headed by the Vice President uh, Pence, released guidelines for all Americans to follow, which you might be able to remember uh, what those guidelines were. If not, it's on the uh, White House website and has been trumpeted out by the CDC and others 
Uh, on March 13th, President Trump declared a national emergency which granted access to $42 billion in, uh, in funds to fight the coronavirus. Now, it's important to understand the lexicon and to understand the red tape uh, and the way the federal government works or even state governments work. Uh, unless you declare a state of emergency, you really are not allowed to touch certain funds that you may need to be able to help fight that particular uh, emergency. So until the leader of that state or the leader of the country comes out and declares uh, a state of emergency, which Trump did, uh, you're, you cannot access those funds. That's just the way it's built in. Now, for the first time ever, ever, Trump declared that a major disaster exists within all 50 states at once, which allowed unprecedented access to funds. All right, the White House announced President Trump donated his fourth quarter salary to help uh, fight coronavirus. Uh, the U.S. tax filing deadline was moved to July 15th. March 27th, President Trump signed the bipartisan $2 trillion Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security, which CARES Act. They signed that into law. The CARES Act is also providing much-needed relief to small businesses. Uh, and workers who uh, helped stabilize the economy. Some of the highlights in the CARES Act, by the way, direct assistance to families and workers through recovery checks. Individuals got up to 1200 bucks. married couples up to $2,400, and 500 bucks for each additional child. Millions of Americans received economic impact payment checks. I got mine. Uh, the CARES Act strengthens and expands unemployment insurance for Americans who can't work due to the coronavirus disaster. Uh, included in the CARES Act was the Paycheck Protection Program, or the PPP, a billion-dollar program that provides eight weeks of cash flow assistance to small businesses, which personally, I know, saved several of my friends' small businesses. All right, and I know there's been some criticism as far as some, of the, some businesses getting it that shouldn't have got it, or some people thought that they shouldn't have got it, but the people that did need it, by and large, got it. You're never going to have a perfect system when you have a giant government trying to do things. That's why you need to have a smaller, more uh, impactful government, and that's why it's important to understand that we're a, a republic that breaks the country up into 50 spots and allows these states to be able to do things for their states that, that, um, uh, that allows them to be able to... Um, benefit from things without having to worry about a gigantic federal response, right? Um, <clears throat> we also had, um, besides the paycheck, uh, paycheck Protection Program, um, there were things about the uh, PPP that were impactful in other ways, like it saved millions of jobs and it delivered 4.2 million in loans 4.2 million loans that totaled over $670 billion, uh, desperately needed by some businesses. Many economists, many on both sides of the aisle, credited the PPP with helping jumpstart the Great American Comeback. Additional funding in the CARES Act, $17 billion for small business debt relief, $45 billion for FEMA disaster relief, $19 billion for the Department of Veteran Affairs so to go and support our veterans, $100 billion for hospitals and healthcare providers, $16 billion uh, to provide for PPE, that's personal protection equipment, which I benefited from um, directly. Also ventilators and medical supplies, $4.3 billion for the CDC. The president built the strongest economy in the world, and he will do it again. Over 18 million tests have been completed in the United States. 
18 million tests and counting for coronavirus. That is by far more than any other country. Do not believe the media when they tell you that that's not true. That is the truth, more than any other country. Vaccine candidates and therapeutics are rapidly being developed. The president cut the red tape and launched Operation Warp Speed to develop a vaccine quickly as possible. The FDA approved an antibody test. Trump has led the largest national mobilization since World War II to deliver PPE and supplies, more than 90 million N95 masks to 126 million surgical masks, uh, 9 million face shields, 21 million surgical gowns, 993 million gloves. An additional 15,400 pieces of PPE were sent to the nursing homes. 100,000 ventilators are going to be manufactured over the next 100 days. No American who has ever needed a ventilator has gone without one. The Army Corps of Engineers built a temporary fire uh, field hospital, including one on the, uh, uh, the, the, the Javits Center in New York City. They also constructed alternative care sites in, in uh, states that, were ha- you know, that happened all across the country. The U.S. Navy deployed the USNS Comfort and the USNS Mercy Hospital ships, which were at sea, obviously. 100 Project Airbridge flights arrived in the U.S. carrying 750 million pieces of PPE and other medical supplies. And answering President Trump's call to private sector companies, including Ford, Apple, Ralph Lauren, Brooks Brothers, 3M, and others stepped up to produce PPE and other medical supplies as well. Uh, the Trump administration is going to distribute $12 billion in provided relief fund payments to 395 hospitals across the country. Some of you get frustrated when you hear about stuff like that. These hospitals are big. They charge lots of money. But you know what? They employ a lot of people and they pay a lot of taxes. And those hospitals that were getting depleted and who were not having patients because they were unable to do, um, you know, elective surgeries and things like that uh, because of the coronavirus. And, and, you know, everyone's saying, oh, the coronavirus is just, you know, bogging down the hospitals. That's just simply not true. I'm in them all the time. It's just not true. It's just not. It isn't. Don't believe the bullshit hype because it's just not true. But a lot of those companies and a lot of those hospitals, because of that and because of that scare, uh, lost hundreds of millions in revenue and had to lay off people, including registered nurses and doctors and physicians and you know, physicians' assistants and ER techs and ED techs, people like that. So it's important they get that money back. Uh, President Trump has also taken steps to protect the nation's seniors and most vulnerable. The administration raised the infectious disease standards at nursing homes. Supplies and critical assistance continues to be delivered to the nursing homes. HHS announced nearly $1 billion in grants assist, uh, to assist older adults providing necessary services. The USDA, uh, the USDA worked to deliver 1 million meals per week to rural kids that were out of school. Ivanka Trump and the Secretary Purdue launched uh, the $3 billion Farmer to Families box program, food box program. Trump took important measures to secure the border and keep the nation safe. President Trump quickly issued travel notice to China and increased airport screening uh, there for the uh, cases in the U.S., Administration secured the border and issued critical travel restrictions, which slowed the spread. Trump announced the U.S. is putting a 60-day pause on immigration to ensure that the workers are protected. 
The State Department brought home more than 50,000 Americans stranded overseas. Trump ordered the Department of Energy uh, to purchase oil for the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. The White House and the Office of Science and Technology uh, Policy announced that the uh, the public-private consortium to advance coronavirus research and provide access to computing technology for researchers. The Trump administration is providing health and economic support to underserved communities impacted by coronavirus. That means $2 billion have been invested into community health care centers. Trump delivered $1 billion to historic black colleges and universities, Hispanic uh, uh, serving institutions and other minority serving institutions that were impacted by coronavirus. And the feds also are helping cover the cost of treatment for uninsured Americans. Trump also, <clears throat> and, well, along with the White House and the Corona Task Force virus, uh, 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 Task Force released guidelines for reopening America safely. Opening up America is a data-driven approach to empower the nation's governors to make decisions based on the situation on the ground. Instead of running around scaring the piss out of people and using fear uh, and hyperbole and using a hatchet when all you needed was a steak knife, you know, that is the approach that you have to have. You have to have a a data-driven approach so that you can make intelligent decisions, and you can understand mitigated risk. Uh, Governors across the country are creating roadmaps to reopen their states. The Coronavirus Commission for Safety and Quality in Nursing Homes was also established. Shut down the borders for the time being. uh, Restrict travel. um, Have people shelter in place for a couple of weeks. Get money to researchers and people that can help try and figure out what's going on, how things spread, and how we can fix them. Uh, Protect our most vulnerable and do not get caught up in the idea that shutting the country down is somehow going to keep all of us safe. The sicknesses, the, the obesity that's been created, the mental health aspect of shutting people down, the the problems that it has created with families and marriages and kids and depression, uh, and how the depression rate has skyrocketed, and how the uh, the the um, the attempted suicide rate has skyrocketed. Those things that weigh on the American psyche is every bit as or more important than trying to protect yourself from a flu-like virus that most people. Over 99% of people are going to get over. Those are important things to understand when you're taking an approach trying to figure out what you're going to do next. Biden keeps talking about how he would have done this and this and this and this. It's almost exactly verbatim what Trump already did, except that Biden also agreed with shutting the country down with absolutely no end in sight, no light at the end of the tunnel, just a bunch of scared people with the media driving this bullshit message and a bunch of morons running around with masks outside at Yosemite. These are the kinds of things that we have when we have uh, imbeciles in charge of, of, of running a state or anything when we have a tragedy. When you have a tragedy or you have a crisis it's monzo importante for you to have a a level-headed, rational uh, response to that. If you don't, then you have the kind of thing that you've had in California and New York where you jammed a bunch of old people with coronavirus into nursing homes, forcing them into nursing homes, which killed thousands of people in those nursing homes. In fact, of the 200-plus thousand people that have died with coronavirus, uh, 
almost probably a little over 40% of those were in nursing homes. Now, if you want to look at the states that jammed old people with coronavirus uh, into nursing homes where people, the most vulnerable in our society, the, the senior citizens who, who, who have decaying bodies and, and low immune systems, New York and California and New Jersey were the three states that did that primarily, and that's where most of the deaths occurred. If you look at the rest of the country, it's not even close. So you have to have a, a, a more intelligent, you know, approach. And, and President Trump's approach was, was, was measured. It was rational. It was data-driven. And if that were President Obama who did exactly what Trump did, the, the media elites would be praising his name they'd be etching him into you know mount rushmore right now but because it's trump they try to suggest that it was it was what killed two hundred thousand people just a um an ignorant cartoonish like uh explanation of what happened all right so there you go those are two uh sections of uh, of of you know the country of of policy where uh President Trump has come out, and I've given you a list of things that he did and a list of accomplishments uh, that have been beneficial to people. There's one more that I want to talk about, and that is, and I could talk about judicial, I could talk about trade, I could talk about um, environment, law enforcement, health care. He's done a lot of stuff for health care. He's done a lot of stuff for the environment. You cannot believe the bullshit hype. You have to understand reality. And you also have to understand that Trump threatens a way of life for the for the for the elites in this country the ruling class those who think that they should be in charge and they pass laws that they don't have to follow and they piss on the peasants like you and me that ruling class has been running this country for 230 years and they wanted to continue to do that and the media elites and the hollywood elites and the big tech elites have all benefited from that and this guy trump comes along who's just one of us, yes, he's got millions of dollars, but he's, he's one of us, and he's always proven that over the years, and he's given money to the Democrats mostly in his life and liberals mostly in his life. In 1984, when Jesse Jackson was running for president and he wasn't getting the money that he needed from different sources, it was President Trump that financed his run for the president, for the presidency. Jesse Jackson back in 1984. These are things you have to know and you have to understand so that you can get a, a, a good understanding as to who the man is and why the media is lying to you, all right? And in a second here, we're going to talk about what he has done for the African-American community because it's important to understand because the media elites and the ruling class who want to continue to keep African-Americans and poor people in this country down so that they have a better understanding. Their, their whole thing is not, not everybody who's, who's a ruling class or an media elite, not all of them are sitting around twisting their mustaches trying to you know, hatch plans to kill us all. But they really believe that there has to be this peasant mentality where they have a ruling class and then they have the peasants and they have to rule over the peasants. Otherwise, we can't have a safe society. That's what they believe. Uh, 
and some of them are sinister and some of them are not, but it's backwards regardless of the way you think. Throughout all of human history, it is capitalism, uh, which is imperfect, obviously, but it's capitalism that has unleashed the abilities of Americans and people all over this world to be able to step out of the firm grip of poverty, right? It's, 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 it's mainly free markets and free minds and capitalism that has been able to break the chains of, of, of grinding poverty in this country. Socialism and communism will not do it. It is just the guarantee of the equal distribution of misery. And that is a fact. And you can, you can read about that and you can research that and study that. And you can read theory all day long because you always hear, well, socialism would work. It just hasn't been tried properly. That's nonsense. You have to look at the data and the facts and the history. And the data and the facts and the history always come back to there has been nothing in this country, in this world, sorry, nothing in this world that has been able to unleash and get people out of grinding poverty uh, that can hold a candle to the kind of, of opportunity and, and economic freedom that is unleashed under a capitalistic society. Straight up, yes, some people get left behind, but the opportunity is there for all. That's important to understand. Does that mean that we've always had great opportunity for everybody? No, there's always inequality at times, but it's better now than it's ever been, and there is no guarantee of equal outcome, just the equal opportunity, and that's what we should be striving for. That's what people like Malcolm X and uh, Frederick Douglass and uh, and and uh, people like Martin Luther King fought for was for this equal opportunity for all people, and they loved this country. They loved the the Constitution, uh, the Declaration of Independence, the things that 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 they thought were great for this country. They just wanted everyone to have an opportunity at, and it was those gentlemen and their peaceful approach to things uh, that you know their peaceful approach and their their analytical approach that actually helped spur change. So let's look real quick about uh, President Trump and what has happened with black Americans because it's important for people to understand that because the, 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 the accusation all the time is that Trump is racist, which is an asinine, again, cartoonish, lazy, stupid, ignorant, foolish, Thursday night, coffee house, smoke-filled coffee house crap argument that is just embarrassingly stupid. And when you engage people on this, they can never give you anything other than, well, he wants to build the wall. And anyone who suggests that building the wall is, 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 a, uh, is, a, is something that, that stems from President Trump's hatred of Hispanics is an ignorant boob. And I don't want to talk to you because it's just an embarrassing, lazy, uh, obnoxious argument to make. And it just continues to show that you refuse to think outside of a single variable. And it's always single variable thinking for you. And it's just, it's obnoxious and it's stupid. So just stop. Stop it. Uh, Let's look at what uh, the president and what the administration has done for black Americans. Now, these are just facts. I'm I'm not here to tell you one way or the other what you should think. These are just the facts. All right, black Americans have experienced record low unemployment under Trump. Period. Straight up, end of sentence, done. 
Okay, in May, 283,000 new jobs were created for black Americans. The poverty rate among black Americans is the lowest level in history, in the history of the country. Under Trump, 350,000 fewer blacks are now living in poverty. Fewer, 350,000 fewer blacks are now living in poverty. Okay, so under Trump, he has raised the bar in, 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 in levels that have never been seen in this country, okay? During the president's first year in office, the black American poverty rate fell to 21.2%. That's down from 22% the previous year who was president, all right? As a result of the Historic Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, nearly 9,000 opportunity zones were created in all 50 states and D.C. and the five territories, Opportunity zones will create and spur investment in disadvantaged communities. These opportunity zones are also going to spur $100 billion in private capital investments and impact 1.4 million minority households. More than half of the residents of opportunity zones are minorities. Tim Scott is one of the guys who put together this proposal Um uh, Rand Paul was also somebody who was very instrumental in a lot of these things, a lot of these policies that the president has put forth to help black Americans. Tim Scott, great senator. Uh, look him up as well. President Trump signed the historic First Step Act into law. Now, the First Step Act has been widely hailed as the most meaningful criminal justice reform in a generation. If you hear Rand Paul talk about President Trump and his First Step um, signing the first step into law, it, it'll, it'll, it'll give you goosebumps because Rand Paul, who does not oftentimes heap praise onto politicians, just goes on and on and was moved by President Trump and, uh, and the First Step Act that he signed into law. It's a landmark legislation, included necessary reforms to the justice system, improved the prison system, and prepares inmates for re-entry into our communities. Because at the end of the day, what, are you throwing people in jail because you're pissed? Because you're punishing them? Or is it a rehabilitation situation? All right, you got to ask yourself that. What's the point? What's the point? As a result of the First Step Act, more than 3,000 Americans have been released from prison, and 90% of those 3,000 Americans who were released from prison who had their sentences reduced are black Americans, Okay. 90%. The First Step Act shortens mandatory minimum sentences for nonviolent drug crimes. There were people serving 30 years for nonviolent drug crimes. How many people who are listening to this right now have not been impacted or have not had a family member impacted by drugs? Right? It's just one of those things that, that snatches you up. Even with the things that are going on with Hunter Biden, uh, his legal problems aside, you know, I never mocked the fact that the dude has a drug problem. That's just something that, that permeates almost every family in society, right? So, uh, you know, the First Step Act, it shortened the mandatory minimum sentence for those nonviolent drug crimes and provides judges with greater liberty to uh, kind of go around the mandatory minimums, all right? Uh, the law also allows offenders sentenced under racially motivated mandatory minimums to petition for their cases to be reevaluated. That's real change. Trump was awarded the 2019 Bipartisan Justin Justice Award. 
by the nonprofit 2020 Bipartisan Justice Center. The president received this award for his ability to work across the aisle to achieve meaningful progress in reforming the criminal justice system. Trump has also committed his administration to uh, advancing second chance hiring from former, for former prisoners. That includes launching a ready-to-work initiative. The Trump administration fought for federal tax credits on donations that fund scholarships to private schools, a proposal supported by 64% of African Americans. Trump has made supporting historical black colleges and universities a top priority. In February of 17, Trump announced the president's board of advisors for HBCUs. Trump also signed the executive order on HBCUs in February of 17, the earliest any president had signed the order on any HBCU. The EO established the uh, interagency working group to advance and coordinate work regarding historical black colleges and universities or HBCUs. The federal HBCU initiative office was moved back into the White House and move, uh, it was a move that the leaders had requested under President Obama but didn't get. President Trump also appropriated more money than any other president to HBCUs. Trump also signed legislation to increase federal funding to HBCUs by 13%, the highest level ever. Trump signed the Future Act into law, the law that uh, permanently funds HBCUs and simplifies the FAFSA application. What was happening is historical black colleges and universities were having to come in every single year and go through this long, uh, ridiculous process of filling out these applications so that each year they could get funding, and Trump wanted to end that. So these are some of the things that he did. President Trump also, with the Congress, helped to lift a ban on Pell Grants on summer classes. Through the capital financing program, the administration had provided more than $500 million in loans to HBCUs. Through the capital financing program, the administration's provided more than $500 million in loans to HBCUs. Uh, Trump also directed the entire federal government to develop a strategy to support HBCUs. To date, this has been supported by 32 departments and agencies. All right, the administration has uh, forgiven more than $300 million in outstanding debt for four schools impacted by natural disasters, and the budget provided $10 million to defer loan payments for six schools facing financial difficulties for HBCUs. The Department of Education worked with HBCUs to protect $80 million in Title III carryover funding. Uh, President Trump took a huge step and ended discriminatory restrictions to prevent faith-based HBCUs from accessing federal supports. The administration continues to work with HBCUs to expand apprenticeship opportunities, career choices, and ensure that they are receiving adequate support, which is something that's really important. You can say all the things that you want. If you don't have the support behind it, it really means nothing. Trump also signed, uh, signed legislation that provides $1 billion to HBCUs that were impacted by coronavirus. It's important to understand when you talk about Trump and the black community that he has reformed prison, for, uh, signed legislation to reform prisons, uh, reform sentencing, get rid of uh, discriminatory sentencing practices, 
provide opportunity zones that spur is going to spur a hundred billion in 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 private investment into these communities uh, that are going to impact African Americans primarily, um, and giving money to historical black colleges and universities, not just for this year, but signed a long term deal that allows them to get that funding over the next ten years without having to come back and request it. Now, this is putting your money where your mouth is. This is this is opening the doors. This is kicking the doors wide open of the federal government to help those who are in need. That's what the Trump administration has done on the economic level, on the coronavirus level, on black Americans in this country. And that's why people like, you know, Ice Cube who has come out and said that he met with the president and he was super pleased with the fact that the president was open to all these these uh, ideas that Ice Cube has uh, he's met with these different community leaders and, and, and Cube has come up with these ideas that he wanted to put past through the president. The president sat and listened to him and uh, said that he was going to help implement those things. Uh, you had Lil Wayne, who is a big Trump supporter, who has talked about the things that he's done for the African-American community. Uh, these these are the folks that that you you you. You know, you have to listen to people who are impacted directly. You know, there's uh, the founder of BET. You've got uh, tons of black Americans. You uh, have had movements uh, by uh, that started by African-Americans uh, that are, are directed at leaving the Democratic Party that has, has been a party that has done nothing for them. If you look at most of these states and most of these cities and towns that are um, uh, historic poverty-level towns and cities— in states uh, that have primarily black Americans in them, those local governments have let them down and they are by and large governments that have been run by Democrats for 50, 60, 70, 80 years. And these are the policies that have been put in place to keep them down. I'm sorry, but it's a fact. And if you, if you look at um, prominent African Americans in this country and you look at uh, like prominent uh, economists, uh, excuse me, economists and economic, uh, you know, um, uh, theorists and, and and economic professors in this country, guys like Thomas Sowell, uh, or 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 authors who have been born into the civil rights movement, like Shelby Steele, uh, who has written a book called White Guilt, uh, and and if you read those those books and those essays and those um, those those um, articles and, and pieces that they've written over the years to try and get people to understand what has been plaguing the African-American community, you'd see that a lot of those things that are plaguing and holding that community down are the policies that these moron Democrats have put into place. Some of them, because they're well-intentioned, but the road to hell is paved with, with good intentions. Uh, and some of them are people that are sinister, who want to keep the community down uh, because it helps them stay um, in the high life. Maxine Waters, Jesse Jackson, you know, Al Sharpton, people who have made a living off of uh, convincing the black community that they're, they're perpetual victims um, and are offering no... Uh, solutions whatsoever. Like, I can't speak um, to those things uh, 100%. I'm not black, but I can tell you, based on the conversations that I've had with my black friends and with those who have been in place uh, and, and, you know, charged with the 
the responsibility of creating policy, uh, that these are the things that, that continue to plague that community. So uh, it's important to understand truth and reality versus the hyperbole and the nonsense that the media puts out there. Those are just three sections that I put there. Those are accomplishments that President Trump has uh, been able to uh, string together. There have been uh, just numerous uh, other areas in which he has. I'm not huge into politics when it comes to Boondock Underground because I save that for other ventures. I don't really get too involved with politics on the show. I do make fun of stupid politicians. We do, uh, you know, make fun of of certain politicians and policies uh, that idiot politicians and the the mainstream media has uh, uh, perpetuated over time. Um, But, uh, you know, you know, Normally, Boondock Underground is about fun, it's about pop culture, it's about relationships and sex and, and, and fun and just having a good time with people around you and, and you know, commenting on, on uh, pop culture and things of that nature. And we're glad that you, you listen and you participate and you pay attention, but I don't think it's any... Um, I don't think that it's any secret that I support President Trump this time around. I went and I voted for him, and you can vote for who you want to. But instead of listening to tons of people tell you crap that isn't true and listen to the mainstream media give you a narrative that's completely false, it's important that you get some uh, perspective, and that's what I hope to provide for you today. Now, uh, you can save this and you can use these things that I talked about. That I got all that information from the White House website. I also got it from Collier County Republicans. Um, I've gotten it from different uh, organizations. Uh, the New York Post, the Washington Examiner. That's where I got all of my uh, facts and figures. And you can go look them up as well. If you uh, have anything that you think that you can... Um, suggest is is wrong that I said, then go ahead and challenge me on it. But you're not going to find anything because I know what I'm talking about and I research before I start spouting off. So go ahead, keep this episode, use it as ammunition against those imbeciles who will try and tell you things that aren't true about Trump. Whether you support him or not, that is neither here nor there. If he knocks a grand slam, you shouldn't sit around complaining about the way he runs the bases. And that's the way people get you know, bound up. Well, he's done some good things. He's done this, but I don't, I don't like his tweets. I don't like the way he talks. I don't like his arrogance. That's fine. You don't have to like that upper, you know, New York state vibe that, that Queens attitude that he has. That's fine. That's fine. But you should at least know the truth and understand what's fact and be able to, to, to understand the fact and separate it from the fiction, the crap that they're trying to tell you with the media. I hope he wins big on Tuesday. I think that he will. Get out there, vote, do your part, and when this is all said and done, be peaceful. Don't be morons. Don't go out there and cause trouble. Don't ridicule people who don't vote like you. Let's just try and stay above the fray, but at the same time, do not be a sheep. Go out there and do your own research. Pay attention to what's going on and do what's right and do what's right to maintain the, the, the foundation that this country was founded on. And I'm talking about the foundation of personal freedom and liberty to every American, regardless of color or race or creed or religion, religious freedom, uh, you know, the opportunity to be able to go out and make a living and have the government stay out of your way and a smaller government with lower taxes. Those are the things that 
the country was founded on, accountability to the American people. That's what the government was supposed to be. It has come far away from that. Trump has brought us back into that situation. You need to try to at least understand what's right uh, and what's fact and what's fiction so that you can make informed decisions. Peace. I hope you guys have a great week. Hey, listen, I want to leave you with this real quick. This is from Charlie Kirk. It's about six and a half minutes, but it's one of the most amazing and comprehensive explanations as to why President Trump not only won the presidency, but why he should be reelected. This is one of the best arguments you will hear for Trump being reelected in the entire universe right here from Charlie Kirk, who is a conservative activist and writer. He's also the founder of Turning Point USA. Here he is, Charlie Kirk. Why is a billionaire from New York who came down from an escalator who was twice mar- three times three times married and twice divorced the most pro-life president in American history? Why is it that it took a billionaire from New York who was formerly a Planned Parenthood donating Democrat to put Gorsuch and Kavanaugh and 200 circuit court judges on the Supreme Court? Why is it that a guy that never served before in American politics was able to renegotiate NAFTA, get us out of the WTO, get tell the WHO to go pound sand, tell the UN to go pound sand? renegotiate NATO altogether, get us out of the JCPOA, make sure those billions of dollars we sent Iran are not going there anymore, move the embassy to Jerusalem, recognize the Golan Heights, deregulate the American economy, make us energy independent, finally build the wall. Why is it that that guy did it? It's because every single other person that preceded him besides President Reagan was part of the problem. They are part of the very same community of people that were Ivy League educated, said one thing and did another, were part of the ruling class that protected the agency, protected the bureau, protected the DOJ, And as long as you said the right things and kept the deficits going, raised the taxes, deteriorated the industrial base, boosted Wall Street profits, kept the kept the borders wide open so that we could have foreign nationals domiciling in this our country that do not share our values, eventually get benefits. Their kids can vote against our own values. Then things will be just fine. Why is it that this guy is different? It's because unlike any other president, he could have been in the ruling class. He said no thanks. He had enough money to be in the ruling class. He's got more money than James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Peter Struckstroke, Smirk, his lover, Lisa Page, and the person who probably published his book combined and multiplied times 100. He's the only president in modern history to have his own plane and actually go to probably a smaller plane when he becomes president of the United States. He's one of the only president presidents that was a best-selling author, number one TV show on The Apprentice, NBC, literally was in every single rap song, was glamorized. President Barack Obama said the American dream is to be what? Is to be Donald Trump. That's what he said the American dream was. Why is it that this guy's all of a sudden the populist here? He's supposed to be part of the ruling class. It's because he's a defector from it. It's because he was in the dinners. He was in the cocktail parties. He heard the language. He heard the contempt that the ruling class, the Wall Street financiers, the Washington, D.C. lobbyists, and the Silicon Valley elites that he had to be around. He knew the contempt that they had for the plumber, electrician, the carpenter, the bricklayer, and the person building the very same building that he was financing. So he took the woman rink mentality, the philosophy that built that woman rink quicker and better than anyone could have imagined, despite the New York City bureaucracy and the the municipal burdensome rules. And he said, I'm going to bring this to Washington, D.C., and I'm actually going to do something a politician has never done before. I'm going to tell you the truth. No matter how brutal and honest it is, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. From the time he went down the escalator, he was the only person running for office that talked about China immigration, the two issues that are most affecting our country now. How was this possible? Because he listened to the very people the ruling class hated. He would walk a job site and he would ask him, what's on your mind? He says, man, I'm really worried that we're getting taken over by China. I'm really worried that we're getting too many people in this country. I'm worried I can't pay for health care. He internalized. That's what a populist is. It's someone who listens to the people. So what makes President Trump different? 
This is a president who didn't need his job. He's the only president in American history who's going to be poorer after becoming president than before. He's not going to sign a book deal big enough to possibly make up for the gains. His son investigated by every single authority imaginable from Bob Mueller to the House Intelligence Committee, to Adam Schiff, to the Federal Bureau of Investigation after being set up for that very same meeting. His businesses audited and currently under criminal investigation by the New York Attorney General for no reason and no grounding further. His other son, Eric Trump, his charity gets shut down for self-dealing despite no evidence at all. He just wants to give treatment to cancer kids, St. Jude's Hospital. His 11-year-old son, under constant and daily attacks for just existing as a teenager or early, you know, a 12 or 12 or 13-year-old in this society. How dare he live? He's the only person that would be more damaged materially, philosophically, and morally. Every other president ends up better on the back end. They end up being able to write their stoic journal and drama and being better respected. This guy is a vessel for us, a vessel for those of us that have nothing but resentment for the kingdom of Washington, D.C., the type of people that think everything is just perfectly fine because we, did, we, we just built a Hermes Hermes is now in Reston, Virginia, don't you know? Louis Vuitton's in Fairfax County, everybody. Things are great. Didn't you know that we literally have Dolce & Gabbana now in Georgetown? Things must be wonderful. You go into Washington, D.C., the cranes are as far as you can possibly see. The construction cranes, they're trying to rebuild the, Par the Parthenon, the, the Giza pyramids quicker than anything I've ever seen. It's more construction happening in D.C. perpetually. Why? It's the only place in America. This is why 8 out of 10 of the wealthiest counties in America are around Washington, D.C. It's the only place in America where they get richer at gunpoint. They have a multi-trillion dollar cash flow happening into their center, into their power structure every single year, not because we want it. If Chicago and Minneapolis and Detroit, if people get rich there, they have to convince you to buy their products. Maybe it's manufacturing, maybe it's automobiles, maybe it's Best Buy, which is, of course, a Minneapolis company. But Washington, D.C. is different. They do it at gunpoint. This is why Trump is different. Boom! There it is. You will not hear a better argument for the re-election of Donald Trump than that right there. Six and a half minutes of Charlie Kirk, founder of Turning Point USA, breaking it down for you. That's it for me, Boondock Underground. Join us. Tuesday for our election special and we'll check you out on Wednesday and Friday for our entertainment shows. Keep it locked in right here. Spotify, iTunes, go subscribe. I'm out. I promise you this as a first order of business, Joe Biden and I are about to work to get rid of that tax cut. But look, they're going to be okay. We're going to take care of them as well. We need to come together. Dr. Fauci called for a mask mandate last week. This isn't a political statement like those ugly folks over there beeping the horns. This is a patriotic duty, for God's sake. I'll do what he's unable to do. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure, isolate, and punish China. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Boondock Underground with the world-famous Boondock and the Boondock Crew.